Talk more. Keep talking. Test one, two. Checkity check. There it is. Okay. Test one, two. Testing one, two. Yeah, you're there check now. One, two. So, check 20. One, two. Check one, one, two, one, two. Check one, two. <laughs> I don't know how to get to three. Roger that. Uh, Roger over. Clearance, Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> surely, surely. <laughs> so surely you can't be serious. Dodger. <laughs> over, over. <laughs> over, under. Well, you know what Monday What's is. Vector, Victor? <laughs> Monday's 10-4, you know. Good buddy. <laughs> it is. But today's International Podcast Day. Or is it National Podcast Day? It's something podcast day. Well, wow. how yeah. cool so, is that? Yeah. So congratulations, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're finally back. So. Yes. We, quite the like We've actually been in Trinidad time? looking for Nicki Minaj's cousin's uh, friend who, you know, <laughs> has a disgruntled fiancé now. I forget now, does testicles shrink or or explode from, from whatever, COVID? I think they swelled and they determined he was impotent for life, so she left him. Got it. Didn't okay, know you could figure that out so quickly, but apparently you yeah. can. Wow, that's amazing that that happened to that one person and not like the billions of other people that have gotten <laughs> yeah. the vaccine. That is very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And they can't find him. Right. And they can't find him. <laughs> yep. Okay, Nicki Minaj. I have just been just blown away like like just recently, I think it was TikTok and I think YouTube that pledged, okay, we're going to we're going to crack down on misinformation. Really? Now, after a year, right. <laughs> you just now decided that you might have a little look-see, a little, little peekaboo at some possible misinformation? <laughs> wow. So, like, how are they going to stop this from happening? Do they just monitor every single bad report or... It's hard to, to, how do you manage TikTok where, you know, the primary function is to get people to eat Tide Pods? Like, I mean, like, what is your, what is your threshold of right. bad information? And isn't you're, that... You're telling kids to vandalize your right. school and then right. post pictures of themselves doing it so that they can get arrested for it. What is the threshold of, of <laughs> ignorance, right? Or glue in your hair. I mean, seriously, false news. Right, <laughs> right. Right. So I don't know, Anna, that's a good question. What are they using to, to determine what's good information and what's bad information, you know? Uh-huh. Maybe they have a meter. They just read it and this meter just goes boom, boom, boom. <laughs> the, with the mercury keeps on going up and <laughs> up and up and up. So it explodes. <laughs> Misinformation. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of information, I... I didn't uh, read the whole thing, I but when I logged on, all I could hear from the news channel was, hey, ho, ho, hey, hey, Brittany something. They were doing a cheer outside her courthouse. Do you know what that was about? <laughs> right. Yeah, the free Britney Spears movement made a big move. It sure did. Is she free? Yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> so um, a judge yesterday... What's today? Thursday? Yeah, a judge yesterday um, took officially took her father off of managing her conservatorship, the financial aspect of her conservatorship, and put some other guy in charge of it. Um, left the woman who's been doing the personal part of it, um, even though she's kind of been following the same rules, the like crazy draconian, unbelievable rules. 
Uh, and then the same judge set a hearing for November to completely undo the entire thing. So it looks like it's going to be done. The judge, like her, her language was like, this is, this is a toxic situation. Like it sounds like the judge, they finally got a judge who got the message that this is just untenable and is going to do everything she can to unwind it as quickly as, as the uh, law will allow. So yeah, it's huge. It's huge for her. I'm so glad. And did it happen because people rose rose up and were like, free Britney? Or would it have happened? I mean, when we look at the laws in Washington state for mental issues, I mean, I worked with the homeless. If they act crazy, you cannot, you can call the police, but the police cannot take them unless they say, I'm feeling a little crazy. I'm going to hurt someone. I need to go in. So you cannot commit somebody. And if you do it, I mean, it takes a lot of work. So how... In this day and age, is she still so controlled is unbelievable to me. Right. You know, I I don't know the full answer to that question, but I find it significant that this summer was the first time that she herself spoke up. Um, after 13 years, and maybe those first five or six, she really was just kind of... Remember, again, all of this started because she was having... Uh, uh, struggling with mental illness and had fallen prey to some people who were taking advantage of that um, financially as well as in other ways. And that that was the basis for starting this conservatorship. And like all good things, like all things like this, it starts with good intentions and doesn't necessarily continue to play out that way when your needs change as, a, as, a, as an adult, right? It's if you went from 26 to 39 and is a mom and raised kids and is a gajillion dollar performer who has seen uh, what she can do and what she can't do and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. She's continued to do as much music as she can over those years. But I find it fascinating that this summer was the first time in all of those 13 years that she herself, not through an attorney, actually spoke up. And I think that's what made the difference. I think those the documentaries helped the different documentaries about what she was going through. I mean, it it can't hurt. There's no such thing as bad publicity, right? Like whether or not the judge saw those things, I don't know. But I'm just wondering what changed that made her finally decide to go before a judge and tell her story. You know, there's this thing called coercive control. <laughs> and we saw it last week with poor Abby Petito. And I think that Brittany didn't know she had any options. And I think when she finally started to maybe say something to a few people and they were mortified, that all of a sudden she probably went, oh, my gosh, you mean I, I'm i not going to get arrested if I don't do what Daddy says? You mean they're not going to take my kids oh. away? I think she was so scared and convinced that, and he did have all power, that she just did what she had to to survive. And it wasn't until maybe somebody showed some emotion, listened to her, said, this isn't right, that she was like, wait a minute. Just my right. thought. I don't know that for sure. but That makes sense that, that there was finally someone who listened, mm -hmm. right? That believed. Right. Because and, you and, don't know. You know, yeah. you don't know if you're in a situation like that, especially if you kind of grew up that way, you think that's normal. And so you don't really know any other way. You don't know it's not, you know, you don't like it, but you don't know it's like actually wrong and you could do something about it. Mm -hmm. So back to your question then, how do people who aren't rich and famous get out from under a control they no longer need to be under? 
If there wasn't that hashtag free Britney movement, would this still be an ongoing battle or would it even started? Exactly. Well, and I'd be curious how many not rich and famous people do have conservatorship because the whole reason was her money, her thousands of dollars. But when you look at um, conservatorship as coercive control, there are lots of people in situations like that that they can't get out of. And it, that's why it takes women seven times to leave because they, it takes a while for them to actually understand what they're living with and what they're going through. And that's why people always say, why don't they just leave? Because they don't know, they're threatened, and they don't know, and they're afraid. And there's just so many things. Uh, Anna and I watched a show, I don't know if Claire saw it, where the mom stayed with somebody cheating on her, and she said, I, I just didn't know what else to do. Ted Lasso, ladies and gentlemen. Can I can I play devil's advocate for a second? Oh, please. Just for a second. <laughs> because, Claire, do you remember... A few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, you said that you noticed on Instagram that Britney's been acting really strangely or or at least putting out weird videos or something or posts. Yes, I was concerned. You were concerned. And that was only a month ago, maybe. Then I'm looking at this article. It's saying that the lawyer, not Brittany's lawyer, her father's lawyer, I think, said the court was wrong to end the conservatorship. To quote him, he says, respectfully, the court was wrong to suspend Mr. Spears, put a stranger in his place to manage Brittany's estate and extend the very conservatorship that Brittany begged the court to terminate earlier this summer. And I wonder, do you really truly feel like, yes, this conservatorship should end and I mean, at least not have the dad in charge. And it's okay that temporarily somebody else is, is still, you know, in control of her finances. Right. It's just not going to be her dad. First of all, I don't think you can take anything. Hold on a second. Sadie does not agree. <laughs> Sadie totally Sadie disagrees. Sadie is saying free Britney. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> oh, poor Sadie. Poor Sadie. You, you know who pays that lawyer, right? Yeah, Brittany. Her, Brittany pays her dad's lawyer against her own self. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you can take anything that Jamie Spears, that the dad's lawyer says at face value. First of all, the guy that they put in charge of the money is not a complete stranger. He's somebody who's been there all along. So maybe he's not a blood relative, but maybe it needs to not be a blood relative, you know? Um, so, and... It, it, Extending the conservatorship, they're only talking about another six weeks while it moves through the courts, you know. People are like, why doesn't it go faster? I have no idea. I don't know why courts move so slowly. All I know is there are thousands and thousands of people that have court cases. And it makes me kind of glad to hear that just because she's a celebrity, she doesn't get hers moved up any faster than than a regular person. Um, And conservatorship law is apparently really complicated in California. so I don't believe anything that Jamie Spears' lawyer particularly has to say on any of this. He's just skewing words. Um, but it's it's complicated. I mean, there, mon- there's there's the money issue. There's the personal issue. You know, the whole thing of she's not allowed to have children. I'm convinced, personally, I have no evidence, but I'm convinced that was in place because she had some very bad men around her. I'm not talking about Kevin Federline. I'm talking about other men who wouldn't put it past them to get get her pregnant so that they could have claim to some of her money. So 
I think all of those pieces of, of draconian measures were put in for a place. They just became abusive over the years where they probably weren't necessarily needed anymore. So it will be interesting to see how all of this unwinds, whether it's the money or... Wasn't her sister in charge of the money for a while? I could swear they had Jamie Lynn. I thought that was going to happen. I thought I heard that and then it totally disappeared. Yeah. Like I never heard a thing about that after... I didn't either. I wonder yeah, if there was, was just weird. so much blowback that, that Jamie Lynn was like, I don't want any part of it. I, I mean, I wonder, I, who knows what happened, you know? Or maybe Brittany doesn't trust her either. I don't know. Or maybe she's uh, a pushover. Could be. Yeah. 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 I just, here's why I struggle with it. I understand that. And Claire, I'm so glad that you have really, you know, kept on that, the reason it was put into place. Um, because I, I, have a, I have a friend who had a son who was, um, he wasn't Downs, but... For, he he was like a fifth grade level, but he was able to work and he would meet these people and they would come over to his house and steal his Xbox or steal all his stuff because he thought right. they were his friend. So, yes, you know, so you see that and it sucks. But when you think of like Howard Hughes, millionaire, what happened? He went crazy, but I think he still had control over his money. I don't know. It, it just feels like. Maybe if somebody's young, you want to give them a chance to grow into it, even if they have um, emotional, mental issues. But mm-hmm. mid-age, I don't know. I, I, I really struggle with that because I'm a firm believer that we have to let people live their lives. And I know that sounds callous. Well, when you're the mother of a drug addict, you have to learn that, that you can't do anything. But then there's that other place. If they are putting themselves in danger... Like suicide, definitely you want to do something, you know? So it's like you always say, where do you draw that line? Mm -hmm. And I think there was some, I forgot what show it was. It might have been the Today Show. They were saying something yesterday about how most people uh, under conservatorship don't have jobs. And we know Britney Spears has been really busy. Like a slave. Several, like she just kept working, just trying to prove that you know yes she is capable she certainly is capable and when you think about mental health how can that be good for mental health you know how can being controlled and being how you know they called her dad cruel how can that be good for mental health if you're already fragile it just it just doesn't make any sense to me but i'm glad people start paying attention yeah yeah and she's not suddenly cured Right. Whatever her diagnosis is, it's not like Britney's all better. Right. Because like you said, Claire, you were concerned about some posts. But yeah. So I I hope this her new fiance, boyfriend, whatever um, on it. You know, the weird thing is Kevin Federline used to be the butt of a lot of jokes, but I have a feeling behind the scenes he's been a pretty stable influence, too. I don't know why I think that just maybe because of their arrangement with the kids and how much time she has spent with them and different things. I know the kids had a couple of Instagram meltdowns a few months ago where no one was watching them and they got on Instagram live and started like saying all kind of crazy stuff. But I think behind the scenes, K-Fed has, has turned out to be a pretty decent guy in terms of like, you know, his communication with her. And if this new boyfriend, if, if she's got, and you know, maybe the, the, the female conservator, if there are enough people who are around her who know the true Brittany what her strengths are, what her weaknesses are, um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe they're enough for the judge to say, okay, you've got a support system. Let's see how you do, you know, on your own. 
And they did sign a prenup. Yeah. Oh, they did? They did. They yeah. did already. Yeah. Okay, good. It was in celebrity news. <laughs> Excellent. Right. So can we can we talk about Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry for a little bit here? Please. Bit here. Oh my yes. gosh. Yeah. So heartbreaking. Oh. So this is um there's so much to talk about with this with with this. I mean, at the basis of it, there's a, a woman is dead and a man is missing. He's probably dead, who knows? And basically they went on this like cross country van life trip where they were documenting everything on Instagram. And as the trip goes along, you can see they're, you know, things aren't necessarily going so well for them. They're pulled over um, when their van hits a curb. And I feel so bad for these, these police officers in retrospect, but they pulled them over. They were having a, they both said they were having a, a domestic dispute and her version of it is very apologetic, and I'm sorry, and it was my fault, and yada, yada, yada. It turns out she, she had there been an arrest, she would have been the aggressor in this particular moment in time. But the police were like, okay, these are young people, and they're just having a spat. So they separated them for the night, and that was kind of the last legally that, that, that we heard about them. And now here we are a month later, and she's dead. So Cause of death not determined, and he's missing yeah. After being back for two weeks before telling anybody anything about her, suddenly she's he's gone. Right and now, it's a circus looking for him. And you know why they pulled him over, right? Before they hit the curb, they were behind him because somebody had called in that he was slapping her and hitting her and pushing her around. Yes. So she clearly was the victim, and mm-hmm. the first cop was seeing that, but the second cop played good old boy. Yeah, my 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 wife's crazy too, and pretty soon Brian right. and them are yucking it up. And right. Abby's over here crying because she's an emotional wreck. And if you've ever been in a coercive control situation, you know, if you say anything, you're going to pay for it later. Yep. Hmm. So I don't blame the police, but I did see that element of them. You know, he said, well, my wife's on meds and when she's off, she's crazy. And and pretty soon they're all laughing. They're over there laughing. And they're laughing. Mm-hmm. if they had better training, right? Because right? Oh, as far right. as they know... It's just a couple fighting, right? But if they had better if they had better training, anybody with any training saw the signs the minute they opened that door to Abby and saw her face. Any of us that deal with that on a daily basis, we knew what was going on. But that didn't surface right. until after she was gone. I feel bad for that other cop though, cuz I think they they I mean what can you do? You can't second guess yourself and that you're like it's it's training. It's mm-hmm. what can they do? But even with the training, what legal bounds did they have to hold them? Either of them. It may be a gut instinct, but they didn't actually physically see any assault take place. Right. But whenever there's a DV call, they have to arrest someone. It's a law. And so if they went on the reason they were called out in the first place, he was shoving her and slapping her around. Mm-hmm. And he locked her out of the van, and it's her van. So it's kind of like, what about all of that? You know, they went right to where, you know, he. she said at one point he was grabbing my face. And so she said she was slapping him, but they focused on that. They focused on mm-hmm. she slapped him, he swerved, and he said she grabbed the wheel. But they, you know, the, the truth is if they really would have stepped back and had um, an embedded social worker, which every police department needs or a recovery coach they would have been able to look at this very differently and they could have got her to a shelter to talk to someone and maybe started the wheels turning that hey abby this isn't good let me ask you something um 
would they have to see a bruise or blood to, I guess, know who the victim is or, or, or to, to, to take somebody? They just have to take one person. And I think the reason is, is because so many times with domestic violence, they go out and then the person being abused backs up and says, oh, it's okay because they know they're going to get beat even more. So they back off. So they've got this law that says we're taking one of them. And and did they both like admit that one person was was hitting or slapping another? They decided they, he they was the that? victim. They they said we we've decided. They said that we've decided he's the victim. And so they should have at that point said, "Oh, because because we have a victim, it's this guy." They should have had him or her taken. They uh, yeah separated. They, they, they should have arrested separated. her, but they didn't want to, so they gave her the van. And they paid money to put him in a hotel and feed him and take care of him. And she had to sleep overnight in the van, scared to death, all alone. Wow. But they clearly said in the one older cop or the cop that came in later, the first cop was like, no, she's the victim. And he goes, we need to decide right here, right now, who's the victim. And then he said, you know, the guy's the victim. She pulled the wheel and totally forgot the whole reason they went out was because he was shoving her and slapping her. Yikes. You know, but it's it's really, it's ignorance. Th- those cops were doing their job. But had they had somebody along with them on a DV call, it could have gone very different. Because we don't see the signs. We don't know. And that's why people ignorantly say, why doesn't she just leave? If he's so horrible, why doesn't she just leave? Because they, they can't. There's so many reasons they can't. Anna and I have a friend who... Um, has a PhD, a doctorate, and she wrote the book. Why don't? Why doesn't she just leave? And they can't, and so they need somebody to come in to help them to get them some services to help them untangle enough to get free from that. Now, here's my next question: What do you do when it's your child who is the aggressor or the bully? What do you make of his parents? He comes home without her. And two weeks go by before her her family is able to have enough evidence to file a missing persons report. And he speaks to no one. He tells no one. And if he did tell his parents, they've told no one. What happened? Even if it, even if it was to say, I left her at a gas station. I never saw her again. I took the van. Even if it was to say that, something happened in the time it took him to come back. He went to his parents' home. He was there for several days, probably two weeks, before he mysteriously disappeared to go somewhere. And remember, she was what living did, with what them. Are his, what is his parents' responsibility? If it's your child, do you protect them mm-hmm. at all costs? Or is there a point at which you have to contact the other family or the police and say, I think my child did something wrong? I, I'm with you, Claire. That's, I mean, yes, that's the right thing to do. But here's, you know what my thought was? They may have been terrified of him. He may have threatened to kill them. I hadn't thought of that. That was wow. my first thought. And the second thought is maybe they're so co- codependent that they enabled him that they're just ridiculously protecting him when he's, you know, obviously done something terrible. I can't, I cannot believe that the first days that they're saying she was missing and he's not saying anything, he's just not saying anything. And then he goes missing. I can't believe that turn of events 
like that happen. But I, neither I, could I, I just, Anna. I'm, if it had been two days, I'd been like, wow, that's something. Yeah. But two weeks, I, Anna, I'm with you on that. I am just blown away. I, I'm so disturbed by that. Yeah. And we should be. I'm so disturbed by I that. I said should. Yes. Yeah. And here's the thing. People that are abusive like that are very charming. And you could see even with him with the police, they were yucking it up, having a great time. He didn't seem like a horrible monster. The police, maybe even when they tried to talk to him and couldn't, maybe they're like, hey, this is really a nice guy. You know, who knows? But yes, I, I was so appalled that the parents and even her mom's like, she was living with you. You're a mom. How can you not tell us something? You know? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like they were wrong, but they could have been threatened. That was my first thought. Or they were, you know, our baby boy could do no wrong. I don't know. It'll be yeah. interesting when it all pans out to find out what it really is. Right. If we ever find out, because if he's dead, we'll never know. Yeah. That is one thing that a family member had said was we're afraid that he he might have harmed himself. But I'll, I'll tell you, you know, before I heard that, I was just appalled with how did that how do they let how was there nobody keeping an eye on him? when he's not talking after she's been missing how does that happen yeah and that's that's messing me up man yeah and you're a parent and when you're a parent you're thinking both sides if i was her parent and i had any feelings about him because sometimes you don't because they're so charming but if you're a parent and your your you know son's girlfriend is living with you they go on vacation he comes home without her and says he left her (laughs) Hello? Right. Something's wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And he's got her van. Because they all knew it was right. her van. Right. And he bought a new cell phone. Hmm. A burner. He bought a yeah. burner the, the day he went to uh, camping or what, wherever he went. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then then there's the whole dog, the bounty hunter thing. So they've got, you know, the famous, you know, TV Real reality TV bounty hunter dog the bounty hunter is now looking for this guy, mm-hmm. and I oh, yeah. wonder like does that does that help or hurt? You know, I mean, a lot of the times when police are looking for somebody, they don't want a lot of information out there because they don't want to clue him in and the fact that they're that they're closing in on him. Meanwhile, dog the bounty hunter is all over TMZ telling everybody <laughs> where he's going. <laughs> so I don't know. I hope they catch him alive because I, I want to know, I want justice to be done and I want to know what happened. Mm. Um, but that's got to be frustrating for police too when suddenly it becomes a media circus. Right. You know? yeah. um, and it's yeah. so much worse now than it was 20 years ago. But yeah, um, I watched that show um, that you recommended, Lori, Clickbait. Oh. Um, <laughs> that was fantastic. Real, I'm so glad you recommended that. Absolutely fantastic show. We, we, went, we got through it all in two nights. Mm. Oh, and, wow. Um, and it, it really is about that. Like what, yeah. what part it's about a lot of things, but one of the things it's about is what happens when the, when the armchair, you know, sleuths, the internet sleuths mm. take over a case, does it help or does it hurt? Right. Um, yeah. Because the way it twists and turns, you know, even oh, when you say too much, well, <laughs> even with, with Abby, when you look at that, you know, the police are thinking, Oh, kids, and this is a nice guy, and she's just emotional, right? But then you find out later it's a whole different scenario. Yeah. 
And and that's where it gets difficult because it's easy for us to sit back and go, why didn't they notice this? Why didn't, you know, and the truth is that it's so easy to get wrapped up in what you think, what you think you see and what you think you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. What you think you see and what you think you know. Mm-hmm. That's why we want more training. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know that the police are against the training, but does that. So let me ask you something there. If if there is a trained a person, whether it's recovery coach or um, social worker or whoever it is, how what does that look like in terms of timing? Like, is that someone who like rides along with the police like there's a third person in the car now? Or is that someone who is on call for a situation? And how much time does it take to get them there? I, I don't I really don't know. Like how how are these things unfolding in communities where they're implementing it? So in Everett, that's what I know. There's a there's a group and they are the domestic violence. So if there's a domestic violence call, they go. The social worker is always with them, one or the other of them. And so there's always one with them and they're trained. They've they have schooling. And um, so the police learn. And so when they would come to Esther's place, uh, the day center for the homeless women, when we would call about a situation and they would come it was a whole different scenario than when, you know, the cops around the corner would show up and didn't understand. You know, it was a whole different feel. And so I think that the embedded social workers actually help train those police to see differently, to look differently um, and what to look for, because there are some telltale signs and often women don't know which I know that sounds crazy, but they don't know that they're even in danger. And they're told and they believe they're crazy and it's their fault. And you heard her. She kept going, oh, I'm sorry. I'm mental. I'm, you know, because right. that's what he was telling her. If you weren't like this, we'd be fine. It couldn't have been just him telling her. She had to have gotten that from some other source. Don't you think in a, in a lifetime? Well, maybe not. She's yeah. what, 21. Maybe maybe you do just do what a man tells you to do. I don't know. Or it you trust like... them. So you believe them, you know, because mm-hmm. in the beginning, they're very charming. Right. Right. They know how to play the game. Yeah. They know how to get you hook, line and sinker. And then once you're committed, then they start doing those little gaslighting things, those little tactics that they do to get you away from your family, get you away from your loved ones make you feel crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you don't see any of that in her first, you know, her initial Instagram posts, like when they set out and the mm-hmm. journey, right. People are, you know, people hide behind a persona. Exactly. Not just on Instagram. I mean, you, you don't have to have anything to do with social media. You can be in an office and have friends at your office that have no idea what you're going through. Exactly. You put on the smile, you act like everything's okay. Yeah. I think a lot of kids from abusive homes do that. Mm -hmm. They come to Mm -hmm. school and they they try to, you know, pull it off. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, I hope from this that there will be more training, that we'll learn more. Um, It's such a tragedy. It's just so tragic. Yeah. And it happens every day. It's not a, oh, wow, this is a one-time in 10-year thing. This is something that happens all the time. All the time. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yep. What is it about this one that captured everyone's attention? Was it the whole? Inst- 
Instagram happy looking couple thing or was it, I mean, you know, I wonder why there are some cases that, that just capture us more than others. It was at her, you know, what, do you guys have any idea on that? Um, well, I've heard some talk on podcasts about it, that she was a beautiful white girl and she was, she was gorgeous, you know, and if it was yeah, a different other, scenario. Other beautiful white women disappear too. And people of color, all kinds of people, mm -hmm. you know, disappear and are in, in domestic violence situations. I just wonder what made this one stand out, you know? Mm -hmm. I think because she was going on this tour as a living in the van kind of thing. It was a thing. Mm -hmm. And so she had a lot of followers and it's, there's a life, okay. you know, there's a van oh, life. Oh, that must be it. Yeah. You know yeah. about that. Right. And so van life people follow each other. And so okay. and she had a specific following in and some people had seen the van there and another couple in van life picked him up to give him a ride. I don't know if you heard that. But they put it out over the internet. They're like, "Hey, we get we didn't know, but we gave this guy a ride, and he wanted to get into Utah. And he, they took a turn, and he thought they weren't going. He's like, "Get me out! I got to get out!" But he had said he left his girlfriend back with the van, and you know mm -hmm. all this stuff. And she was probably, uh, you know, they speculate probably dead at the time, right? But they just picked up yeah. this nice guy, had a nice chat with him until he was like, "I got to get out of here." So, huh? creepy i just did a uh, a story um <clears throat> for a local news uh, place that i do that took place in a, somewhere on the east coast and um this woman went on a, a tinder date and she and this man met and they they were in his car and um he was like oh hey you want to see my guns and she's like okay and so he starts oh. showing her like all of these guns and suddenly she gets kind of a vibe and so they get to her house <clears throat> she runs into her house, locks the door, and calls 911. The police respond, and they find not only a bunch of weapons, but materials to make pipe bombs in his car. They end up evacuating the neighborhood and calling in the bomb squad um, for this guy. And I'm like, and this was just like a date, a Tinder date, right? Holy and God. the only thing is, it, there's no indication that he threatened her in any way, just at least from what I've read so far, just that she got a bad vibe about him and whatever reason made an excuse that this was the end of the date and got in the house and called police. And thank God she did, because who knows what he had planned? Not necessarily wow. harm to her, but harm to someone, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. a little creeped out that he knows where she lives now. Yeah. He's, been yeah. ordered, he's ordered to home confinement and he's got a, you know, the GPS monitor and all that kind of stuff <sighs> until his next court date. But like, Wow, that is just creepy, <laughs> you know. That is creepy. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. you know, it's almost time for us to go because uh, we got to wrap this up. But it brings me back to trusting your instinct and how important it is for us to really listen to that gut feeling. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had yeah. a time, either of you, where you really you had a gut feeling and you just went with it? It seemed odd, but you did it. Oh, yeah. Um the funny the one that comes to mind, I guess, because we're talking about, you know, camping and hang on a second. Got it. Aww. Right. I guess because we're talking about camping and traveling and stuff was I was once camping with some uh, girlfriends. There were four of us and um, we're up at Mount Rainier. 
And this guy came by and brought us firewood. He worked, he was one of the, not like, not a ranger, but just sort of like an employee of the campground. And he brought us some firewood and we're like, oh, awesome. That's great. He's like, oh, can I have a beer? And we're like, sure. You know, so (laughs) he sat down and he drank a beer and suddenly it was three beers and then it was four beers. And we're like, this is like almost all our beer, you know, because we were having beers too. And that it just, it got weird. So we all kind of exchanged sort of eyeballs and one of the girls got up to excuse herself to go out to the to the restroom but she actually went and got went to the rangers and it turned out this guy had been going from campsite to campsite he did work there but he was you know a maintenance guy bringing people wood and just kind of hanging out figuring you know with all these women in the campground he was going to get lucky with somebody <laughs> little did you know with our group he had no chance of getting lucky with anybody in that group. but um and, you know, the next thing you know, the ranger comes along and, and is like, okay, whatever his name was, it's Kevin, I think it's time for you to go. And he's like, okay. And he left and wow, it was just, it was bizarre. And the next day they fired him and oh. we were terrified then that some kind of reprisal was, was going to mm-hmm. come down. Um, so we, and another group that we were camping with, uh, not that we were with, but they were next to us. I think we all, we ended up cutting our trip short or, or something, but, um, you know, it just, it's like, you get that vibe right away. Yeah. You just feel like something is not right here, yeah. you know? Um, and it's, it's, you don't, it's hard cause you don't want to do it in front of them. You're creepy. I want you to leave. You <laughs> right. could do that, right. but that feels like it's going to be even worse in a way, you know? Yeah. And so we're I'm fortunate. My friend was able to, and other people at the campground had, you know, said something. Wow. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, gotta trust your instincts. You know, I always end the radio show because of Laura Richards, who is a crime analyst, and she has a podcast. She always says at the end, uh, "Be curious, ask questions, and always trust your instincts." And I just think it's so important, especially for women, because often we're told not to. Often it's like, "Oh, it's no big deal," but it matters. That gut feeling, mm-hmm. those goosebumps, the hair standing—that matters, and it's telling you something. Oh, <laughs> what a scary Halloween way to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, I got the creeps now. <laughs> right. My hair is standing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Be careful, everyone. Yes. And and thanks you two for coming back. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Thanks everybody yeah. for coming back. Yes. Happy podcast day. We missed Yay, you. Yeah. <laughs> too too bad it wasn't. Uh, it's not National Coffee Day like it was yesterday. <laughs> we can just do this all wired. <laughs> Every day is National Coffee Day in my house. Uh, Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, you two. Where can we find your social media posts? Coach Lori on Facebook, L-A-U-R-I-E. I'm on Twitter at Claire Beverly. I'm also at Twitter at I'm Anna D. I am A-N-N-A-D. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Have a wonderful week, everybody. This is Listen and Learn or, or Not. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Have a great night. Love you, love you, love you. Love you. See you next week. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Just my mouse. There it is. Yeah, where's my mouse? I can't where's find my, my mouse. mouse. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, ending call. Okay. okay ending call. Bye. Bye. <laughs>